sun is down and the stars are out. Everyone turn up your volume and turn down your lights. The Twilight Beacon begins transmitting now. Jedediah D. Blackwell here, coming to you from the Twilight Beacon here in the American Southwest. Tonight, we bring you two works of metafiction from the radio program Lights Out. Metafiction stories take a risk in their approach, refusing to pretend that the audience does not exist, and allowing the reader or listener a peek behind the curtain of creativity. Often, metafiction is crafted as a story within a story, or as a break of the fourth wall where the narrator or a primary character explains the context to the audience. Some early examples of metafiction are The Canterbury Tales and Don Quixote, and the literary style persists in contemporary works like Kurt Vonnegut's Slaughterhouse-Five and The Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy by Douglas Adams. Our first story is Murder in the Script Department, from Lights Out on May 11, 1943. This story was written for Lights Out by Arch Obler, a controversial figure of the golden age of radio. Obler was known as a brilliant and proficient scriptwriter, but it was the content of his work that often shocked the public. His first ever Lights Out script drew numerous letters of complaint from the show's audience when it ended with a young girl buried alive. He went on to write many other memorable scripts, including Chicken Heart, a favorite of Stephen King where a science experiment causes the heart of a chicken to grow exponentially until it overtakes the earth. Another notable Arch Obler story from Lights Out was The Dark, featuring a fog that turns people inside out, a plot device later parodied by a Halloween episode of The Simpsons. Obler also raised controversy on other radio shows of the time. He wrote a sketch for The Chase and Sanborn Hour in an episode featuring Hollywood star Mae West, the routine was so lewd that it resulted in West being banned from all NBC programs for 15 years. Obler was also an early adopter of anti-fascist sentiments in American entertainment, and he often slipped messages to this effect in his Lights Out scripts. Murder in the Script Department takes the usual deadly themes and plots of the standard Lights Out story and places them squarely in the real world, with the NBC Script Department as the setting. The story begins with a very tongue-in-cheek approach, referencing the Lights Out program, Arch Obler, and the plot of The Dark directly, and not necessarily in the best light. And now we present Murder in the Script Department, as heard on Lights Out in May of 1943. Arch Obler's Lights Out Everybody It is later than you think. This is Arch Obler bringing you another in our series of stories of the unusual. And once again, we caution you. These lights out stories are definitely not for the timid soul. So we tell you calmly and very sincerely, if you frighten easily... Turn off your radio now. Oh, what time is it? Ten minutes more. 
Gee, it's been a long day, hasn't it? I'll say so. I never to see another script or typewriter. It'll be too soon. <laughs> you were the one who wanted to get into radio. Radio. Sitting at a typewriter eight hours a day, making stencils. You were the one who said it'd be a shortcut. Some director'd walk into the script department, see you behind that typewriter, and say, Where have you been all my life? Mary, stop it, will you? You think you're so cute. I don't see anyone whining. Girl, Bernice, Mary. After all, this is a place of business. Yes, ma'am. I don't like to be the disciplinarian, but this is the third time that I've found you quarreling with each other rather than working. Well, we weren't quarreling. Perhaps not, but it sounded like it. You're setting a very unfortunate example for the other girls. I'm going to ask both of you a simple question. Do you or do you not want to continue working here? Well, we do. Yes, of course we do. Very well. No more of this nonsense, then. There's a script that must be mimeographed first thing tomorrow morning, so the stencils will have to be out tonight. It shouldn't take you long. What's the matter with you girls? Have you any objections to working late tonight? Oh, no. Oh, I'd love it. Very well. All right. The rest of you girls, time to go home. Yes, I'd love to stay over time if I could type over her dead body. Hush, hush. She'll hear you. Here's the script, girls. Twenty pages. Divide it up between yourselves. Yes, ma'am. When you're through, leave the stencils on my desk and lock the door behind you. Yes, ma'am. Well, good night. Don't forget to turn out the lights as you go. Yes, ma'am. All right, girls. Let's get out of here quickly so that Bernice and Mary can finish their work. Of all the knock-kneed, blabbeard, long-neck, pot-heeled... Oh, stop it, will you? Let's type the darn thing off and get out of here. (sighs) Well, what do you know? What's the matter? Look at the script we're supposed to type. Lights out. (laughs) One of those things. Yeah. So what? I... I don't like to type them. They scare me. Are you kidding? Typing's typing, no matter what you're typing. Not if it's one of those lights out, please. Blood and people dying and murderers and worms. Oosh. Forget it. Just words on paper. It scares me. Mm, type with your eyes closed. Oh. You listen to this. Note to the sound department. At this point in the play, I want the sound of a body being turned inside out. I suggest the use of a wet rubber glove to plant the picture of a human being being deliberately turned. Oh, stop it, will you? <laughs> For Pete's sake. It's only a sound effect. I was just reading. Oh, will you type your script and let me type this? Don't go reading any of it out loud. All right, all right. I wonder what kind of a screwball he is. Who? The fellow who writes these plays, you know. Arch Oberlin? Yeah. Oh, I like him. What are you talking about? You never even met him. Well, I like him anyway. But you just finished saying you don't like this. I like his other plays. You know, the ones he does for the government? With sense to them. Well, personally, I think he's a wolf. What are you talking about? You know, one of these werewolves. I bet he eats his young. Well, don't talk like that. He's got a ten-month-old baby. I saw a picture of it. And it's real cute. Well, I still think... Well, for heaven's sake, just because the man writes fantastic doesn't mean he's fantastic. Well, you look who's talking. Why, you're even afraid to type him. What are you afraid of? That the ghost will pop out of the pages and turn you inside out? Oh, stop it, will you? If you don't stop it... All right, all right, let's type. How do you like that? What's the matter now? My typewriter's jammed. Can't move a key. B. What's the matter with you? Mine is too. <laughs> My typewriter is too. Like the fellow said, say Laguerre, everything's falling apart. Suppose we'll have to use one of the other machines. Just when I was getting comfortable. I'll use Anita's. Yeah, I'm going to use Evelyn's. She won't care what I do with it. She's going to be a wave anyway. Mary, this one's jammed too. Yeah, so is Evelyn's. I'll try Elle's machine. She's always boasting about how fast it is. Why, it's jammed too. Well, so is this one. Well, what do you know? What is it, the typewriter, Gremlin? Mary, what's the matter? Your face. Let's get out of here. What's the matter? Let's get out of here. We've got overtime. I tell you, let's go home. Well, just because a typewriter jams up is no reason to have a fit. Well, I'm getting out of here, and you better come with me. You're crazy running out. What's come over you? What? Bernice, what's the matter with you now? What are you standing at the door with your back to me for? 
say you're going. Please, come here, quick. Oh, for Pete's sake. What's the matter with you? Why are you standing there for with your hand on the knob? It's locked. What? Locked. Locked. Oh, you are crazy. Let me add it. Let me try. Why is it locked? Because some screwball janitor thought everybody would left and locked the door, that's all. Say, somebody out there. Let us out of here. We're locked in. Hey! It, it won't do any good. That's what you say. I'll wake the dead. Hey! Are you deep or deaf or whatever it is? Somebody get a key and let us out. Hey, we're not slave labor. Let us out. What's the matter with me? Where are you going? All I've got to do is pick up the telephone and call communications. They'll get us out of here. Oh, yes. Call them right away. Tell them we're locked. All right. All right. I'm calling them. Hello. Hello. Answer me. What's the matter? Oh, I'm dead. Oh. Stop that. The operator thought we'd all gone home, so she disconnected the wire. That's all. Oh, oh for Pete's sake, of all the nincompoops, what is there to cry about? Oh, I'm afraid. So you're afraid, so I'm queen of the May and there are roses in the air. What is this all about? What's all the hysteria? You don't understand. Don't say I don't. You stop crying. No, something terrible is going to happen. What are you talking about? We're in the script department of a broadcasting company, remember? Oh, something jammed the typewriters. Something locked the door. Something... What do you mean, something? Something, I tell you. Something, I tell you, you're crazy. I think I've known you all these weeks and never knew you had bats in your belfry. There's absolutely nothing that's happened. Why did you stop talking? Answer me. Telephone cord. The end, it's torn off. Yes. But I... I talked on this telephone only an hour ago, remember? Yes. I could have gotten torn loose. I told you. Shut up. All right, maybe there is something screwy, I don't know. But I do know there's nothing to get hysterical about. This place only had windows I could call out. (laughs) On modernistic air conditioning... Will you stop moaning? Well, you're scared, too. I'm not, I'm not, I'm not. Series of coincidences, that's all. What could it be? Answer me what? Who ever heard of anything happening in a place like this? Well, what are you looking at me like that for? This is no haunted house. You and me and a lot of other girls work here, remember? So if we're locked in and have to stay here all night, so what? The door's locked from the outside. The watchman downstairs, remember? So who could get in here to hurt us? What if... The locked door won't do any good. What? You heard me. Oh, you're a crazy kid. Look, desks and chairs, fluorescent light, modern design, remember? We're not in a haunted house. Get that through your head. We're not in a haunted house. Oh. Well, what's the matter now? Get all through explaining. What's the matter? Something happened. Happened? Something in the air. What are you... Oh, for heaven's sake. Over there at the end of the room. The light must have burned out. Oh. Oh, it's right. Just to show you how crazy you've been. A couple of natural things happen and you start acting out a ghost story. You should join the actors' union. Bernice. Well, one of the lights burned out, so what? There's one thing the script department's got, plenty of light. Mary, why are you... Another light. I saw it go out. you dream? I tell you, I saw it go out. You're crazy, it didn't. I saw it. Now, look here. There are two, four, six, eight, eight lights in this place. See? One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight. Now, don't give me any more of that lights out. Another... Another. You're absolutely crazy. I'm scared just staying here with you. Count them. Why should I? Count them. One, two, three, four, five, seven. Not eight. Seven. Gee. I told you. Oh, no. What? Another one out. One, two, three, four, five, six. Stop it. 
Stop it. Another one there. Gosh. Over next to Miss Winton's desk, another what? one. What? Only four left, only four. What'll we do? Only four. Who's putting them out? I don't know. I don't... Another... Oh. Only three more. If they go out, I'll die. They won't go out. They can't go out. The switch. That's it. I'll hold the switch. I won't turn out the lights if I hold the switch. It's all right, Mary. See? I got hold of the switch. Nothing Another can... one. Another one. But I was holding onto the switch. Two lights. Two lights and then dark. Bernice. Oh, Bernice, hold me. I'm scared. Oh, gee, I'm scared. It's all right. There's still two lights. Two lights. They'll stay on. They will. I know they will. They're both out. We're in the dark. Bernice, where are you? Let me out of here. I'm afraid of the dark. Let me out of here. Stop it. Stop it. Stop it. Isn't it bad enough without you driving me crazy? What's the good of your crying? There's a reason. There must be for this. Everything's got a reason. I know it. I know it. I can't stand it. I can't. I can't. Those blackout candles. Stop crying and let me think. Miss Winton had some blackout candles in her desk. I know she did. Oh, don't leave me alone. Don't leave me in the dark, Bernice. Will you stop it? I found them. Candles. Matches. There. Three candles like this one. And this one. See? Plenty of light now. Who's there? Nobody. Nobody. There's a reason for everything, I tell you. I know what it is. What? The electricians, that's it. The electricians didn't know we were up here, and they were testing the lights. They'll go on any minute, wait and see. You think so? Of course. Look, what did I tell you? <laughs> there they go on again. Look at the ceiling. Oh, oh no. Green. The light now is green. Green. All the lights. Green. You lied to me. You said it was the electrician. Look at the light. It's green. It makes your face look green. You look dead. You hear me? Dead. You'll be dead and I'll be dead. We'll be dead. Stop it. Stop it. You're not going to drive me crazy. Just because there's something wrong with the electricity. You look around. Everything's all right. Nothing's wrong here. Nothing. Is that typing? I heard typing. So did I. Typing? We just must have imagined. Typewriter. Look at the typewriter. Typing. And there's no one. Who's typing? Who's typing? I... I... I'm so tired. Me too. I wonder if it's day. I don't know. I don't think so. Sooner or later, someone will come along. It'll be too late. Don't say that. Nothing's happened these last hours, has it? Nothing. It will. When I get out of here, I never want to talk to you as long as I live. As long as you live. Stop talking like that or do I help? Don't hurt me. I'm not hurting you. No one's going to hurt you. Or me. Trick. It's some kind of a trick. The typewriters. Electric ones, aren't they? Power. Something. It's got to be a trick. You don't believe it, do you? Believe what? There's something in this room with us. Where? I don't know. But it's here. What are you trying to do? Make me scared as you are scared? There's something in this room. Where? Anthony, where? Just you and me, that's all. You're not going to scare me. I'm not going to let myself get scared anymore. I want to get out of here, and I'm going to get out of here. My head's still... Yes. I heard it, too. 
something. Desk. Look. The desk moving. Look. That one moved. And that one. Mary, take your hands away from your eyes and look. Look, the desk. All of them moving. Mary, look. All the desk was moving. Was moving. Stay back, you. Stay back. Mary. Mary, all the desks in the room. They're moving down. So it is. talking about? You know. I don't know. Tell me. So warm. What's warm? The sun. So warm. Sitting in the sun. What? Nice when the sun is warm, isn't it? I always wanted to sit in the sun. Oh, no. You can sit in the sun if you want to, Bernice. It's all right. Mary. Mary. You don't have to shout. We'll go home soon. Soon as the sun goes down. We'll go home. Oh, Mary. I was scared before. Wonderful the way it is now. Out here in the sun. There's no reason to be scared when you're sitting in the sun. Oh, Mary, I'd rather you'd be afraid. Do you hear me? I'd rather you'd be afraid. No. The sun. There is no sun. We're right here where we were in the office. And the light is still green. And the desks are moved all in around us. And we can't get out. Mary, be scared. Please stop looking at me the way you are and be scared. You say we're not sitting in the sun? No. No. You must be crazy, Bernice. Because we are sitting in the sun. Are you crazy, Bernice? All right. If that's what you want. We are sitting in the sun, dear. I knew it. I used to be so scared. Now I'm all right. You were right before. You said there was someone in the room. There is. I can't see anyone. But there is someone. The sun is so nice. First the typewriters. And then the lights. And then the moving desk. 
And now waiting. Who's waiting? It's waiting. Will we go home soon? Yes. When? Soon. I think very soon. I was very scared. Yes. When you get scared enough, you can't get scared anymore. Soon the sun is very nice. I think I'm getting that scared now myself. You hear something? What? Something? There's nothing, nothing. No, there is something. I told you. Listen to me. Who's here with us? Who? Answer me. What do you want of us? Please answer me. What do you want of us? I'll be all right. My eyes closed. Green light still shines through my lids. How could green light turn with... No, stop thinking. Gotta stop thinking. Green light through my lids. Go. No light. Open my eyes. Dark. The lights are gone. Dark again. Mary, Mary, wake up. Mary, the light, please wake up. I'm not asleep. Oh. I thought. Sun is very nice. Isn't it? The sun. You still think. Mary, don't you know? Can't you see we're sitting in the dark? Dark. Stay close to me. If they'd only come. I know. He'll be here soon. Who? In the dark. He'll be here. Who are you talking about? Who? Any minute now. Do you hear him? Here? I think he's coming now. Yes. He is. No, please, no. You're right. It is dark. Very dark. His kind of dark. Stop talking like that. You can't stop him. No one can stop him. What's the use of being afraid? If someone had only come. I've been telling you. Someone is coming. Right now. And he's sitting on the desk, looking at it. <gasps> I'm glad he's here. He'll make my head stop hurting. He'll take me home. The floor. It's lifting. Yes. I feel it. The room. It's turning. Stop it. 
stop turning the room. Let me out of here. Let me out of here. Total of 15 Axis planes shot down in the Mediterranean theater of war. So much for the war news. Now the news of local interest to you early morning listeners. If you've been wondering why those dishes in the kitchen started to dance last night, the answer is an earth trembler, earthquake to you, of five seconds duration. The material damage was very slight, but two deaths are indirectly attributed to the earthquake. Bernice Saxton and Mirabelle Pressler, employed by the broadcasting company, were found dead this morning in the script department where they've been doing overtime work. Cause of the deaths is believed to have been heart failure induced by fright. The girls have been accidentally locked in the office, and when there was a failure of electric power followed by earthquake, it is believed the young women were frightened to death. This concludes our morning broadcast. just listened to Murder in the Script Department from Lights Out, as originally aired on May 11, 1943. Next, we have The Coffin in Studio B from Lights Out, July 13, 1946. While Arch Obler was the most well-known figure from Lights Out, the program's originator was Willis Cooper, who also created the radio program Quiet Please eight years after leaving Lights Out to work as a Hollywood screenwriter. Cooper's most memorable screenplay was Son of Frankenstein, the Universal Pictures monster film that starred horror legends Boris Karloff and Bela Lugosi. Willis Cooper also served as a consultant to the Secretary of War during World War II, producing the news and entertainment program The Army Hour. The Coffin in Studio B takes the listener behind the scenes of a Lights Out episode, as actors are rehearsing a scene for the program. They are interrupted by a coffin salesman, who seems to have shown up just in time. This story relies heavily on inside jokes and foreshadowing, which results in an entertaining mixture of grim humor and tension. The recording you'll hear tonight is a recreation of the original performance from over a decade before. And now, The Coffin in Studio B, as heard on Suspense in July of 1946. Lights out. Everybody. This is the witching hour. It is the hour when dogs howl and evil is let loose on a sleeping world. Want to hear about it? Then turn out your lights. The National Broadcasting Company brings you Lights Out, a revival of the eight best stories in the series which many of our listeners will remember. Willis Cooper is your author, and Albert Cruz, your director. Sit in the dark now and listen to Lights Out.
And uh, what will you do if I won't? Something very unpleasant, my dear chap. For example? For example, it is quite possible that I will kill you. You amaze me. No, 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 no. I assure you I'm quite serious. Impossible. Not impossible at all. May I ask just how you propose to, well, end my life, shall I say? I shall cut your throat. Neatly, and as the books have it, with dispatch. <laughs> You've been reading books, then? We're wasting time. What's the answer? The answer is the same as it has always been. You refuse, then? I refuse, yes. Very well. You forced me to become a murderer. Cut. Look, uh, I don't want to throw you up on this first reading, but uh, not much is coming through in here. I don't know just how to say it, but uh, it just doesn't gel for some reason or other. Now, let's think about these lines. Well, let's hold it a minute. What's the matter, George? Who is it, me or Ed? Well, I, I hate to throw you up on this first reading, but, uh, Fritz, I think it's you. Something wrong. It's the, the attack on the part, or maybe you're throwing those lines away without any... Sincerity, there's no menace in the part. You see what I mean? Well, look, uh, let me come on out. Ah, uh, Hammond again, eh, Fritz? Okay, character. Let it alone, I'm having enough trouble. <laughs> look, he can act. Honest, George. Fella's got a card. All right, uh, let's can the funny stuff, Ed. We got some work to do, and I want you to just pay attention, if you don't mind. All right. Uh, look, Fritz, uh, yeah. how do you feel in this thing? I don't know. It's not, it's, it, it's not right. I don't know what to do, though. Well, you don't sound convincing. You see my point? Yeah. Have uh, you got any ideas on how you might do it? No. Oh, wait a minute. What, what about dialect? I could do a little German. A German? Could... Wait a minute. No, no, no. I don't think I want any German on this thing. I hear too much of that. Uh, uh, some Austrian? No, no. That's no, no. That's too close to German. I don't know. Uh, how's your French? How's your French? Let's see how your French is. Oh, it's all right. It's all right. No, no, no. Look, I don't want... I don't want to make him too definite. See, he should be a kind of a combination. A lot of menace in there. Quiet, but i got to believe the guy. Make him... Uh, let's see. What's that word? I want him to... Continental. Uh, that's it. Uh, just not, not too much now. Just a whiff of it. Okay. Let me try it. Yeah. All right. Yeah. We'll try it now uh, from the top, huh? Let's right. Go. Okay. And uh, what will you do if I won't? Something very unpleasant, my dear chap. For example. For example, it is quite possible that I will kill you. You amaze me. I assure you, I am quite serious. Okay. Hold it. How's it doing now? How's it sound? Are you asking me or the director? Well, it sounds a lot better than it did before. I think you'll work into it. Yeah, well, look. Uh, yeah, Fritz, I think that'll do it. Uh, uh, what do you say we put it up on the mic and let's see how it sounds. Uh, take that whole scene over. How is it for age, George? Oh, the age is okay. I want a little bit of age, not too much age. All right, just just a about right. Little right over the nose where you have it. All right. Oh, rehearsals, rehearsals. Well, it beats digging ditches for a living, I guess. Oh, does it? Oh, so they tell me. Well, anyway, it's cool in here. Thank the Lord for air conditioning. I wish it was 9.30. Okay, characters, now uh, give me that Afro number five now, will you? And uh, let's hear it again uh, from the top. And uh, what will you do if I won't? Something very unpleasant, my dear chap. For example? For example, it is quite possible I will kill you. You amaze me. I assure you I am quite serious. Possible? Not impossible at all. May I ask just how you propose to end my life, shall I say? I shall cut your throat. Neatly. And as the books have it, with dispatch. Oh, you've been reading books, then. We are wasting time. What's the answer? 
The answer is the same as it has always been. You refuse, then? I refuse, yes. I will. You forced me to become a murderer. Lord, Fritz, you sound about as much like a murderer as... Oh, I give up. Oh, for the love of Mike, George, what do you want me to do? Growl? No, no, I don't want you to growl. But I do want you, if you won't find it too inconvenient, to act just a little bit like a murderer. You know, a, a murderer, a guy that uh, kills people. Yeah. I want you to make faces, Fritz. Ah, oh, shut up. Wait, uh, I'll come out there again. How you doing, kid? I give up. I don't know what the man wants. Now, listen, sweetheart, have you the faintest idea how a guy acts when he's going to kill somebody? Have you? No, but I got a hunch I'm going to know about it in a minute. Oh, well, that'll be swell. Because the way you're doing it now, a guy would think that you're Ed's brother or something. Oh, now, listen, get it through your thick skull that we got a show in a few minutes. We're going on the air, radio, remember, you see? You're supposed to be a murderer. I know, but it's going to come a lot easier if you oh, know you, you can't it. take it, huh? Oh, nuts. All right, well, let's try it again. Uh, take it from that line. Um, oh, the, the answer is the same as it has always been, Ed. Go on, man. All right. The answer is the same as it has always been. You refuse... Pardon me. You refuse, then. Hey, George. Oh, for... Oh. Now what? Well, what do you want? There's an old gent out here wants to see you. What's he want? I don't know. Well, tell him to go away. No, no, wait. Uh, who is he? I don't know. How can I keep a oh, character? Oh, I don't know. Sometimes oh. I wonder. Oh. Uh, and he says he wants to see Ed, not you. Who is he? Won't give his name. Probably some guy that you owe money to. You should talk. Well, look, tell him... Well, listen, we're right in the middle of a rehearsal. Go ahead and talk to him, Ed. We can smoke a cigarette or play tiddlywinks. No. But listen, you tell him to make it snappy. We got a show to get on. All right, all right. Tell him to come in here, Horace. Go right in. Well, there you are, Mr. Hensley. Good evening, sir. Good evening. Why, uh... I don't believe I've ever had... <laughs> don't know me, eh? Well, I know you, Mr. Hendy. Mr. Ed Hendy, yes, sir. He owes the old guy dough, all right. <laughs> I'm afraid I don't know I, uh, you, I come up to show you my book. I, I figured you'd like to have a look at it now while you have the chance, just in case you had any choice. <laughs> Folks don't often have the choice, you know. <laughs> choice? Uh, choice of what? Uh, now, here, let me show you the book. I won't be a minute. I don't like to disturb your work, you know, but it's got to be done, I guess. Now, this one here... Ye gods! Coffins! What? Coffins? Look, it's a catalogue of coffins! Caskets. Huh? <laughs> yes, that's right. Yes, sir, the neatest line of caskets in the country. And nothing but the best. No, sir. Now, look here. This number, A1436, ain't it? Yes. Uh... All gray silk, solid silver handle. Say, listen, what is this? Or this model, A5499 in mahogany. Uh, wait a minute, Mr. Uh, what's this all about? Why, I just figured Mr. Henley'd kind of like to pick himself out a casket. Well, uh, who are you? So I brought up the book here to show him. I got my tape measure right here in my pocket. Ah, it's a rib, George. Somebody sent him up here. <laughs> oh, yeah? No, no, nobody sent me. I just thought Mr. Henley... Well, uh, look, uh, Mr. Henley's busy. We're rehearsing a radio show here, and we've got just a few more minutes before we go on the air. So if you don't I mind... I know, I know. You're rehearsing lights out. I know all about it. Listen, every Saturday night, I like it. All about ghosts and corpses and things. Yes, sir. <laughs> oh, well, well that, that, that's fine, but uh, we've got work to do now. Well, well, I'll get right out of here. Uh, just as soon as Mr. Henley makes up his mind. 
Now, this A1436 that I was showing Listen, you... mister, I don't want to buy a coffin. I've got no use for one. Do you get me? Solid silver handles. George, this guy's screwy. Oh, no, 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 sir. Now, wait. I got some pictures here in colors, if you like something a little fancier. Now, just a minute, how till I find it. Fritz, yeah. go get Horace and have him get this old gent out of here. I think the old guy's crazy. Yeah, yeah, okay. Uh, mister, did uh, somebody send you up here to see Ed Henley? Send me? No, sir. I told you. I, I thought it up my own self. Now, this here age 6782 with the bronze plate on top. How do you like that? Pretty nifty, ain't it? Mm-hmm. Yes, sir. Uh, listen, I've told you I don't want a coffin. I oh, have you can have it with solid silver plate, if you like that better. If uh, I were you, Ed, uh, I'd get the one with the silver plate. Huh? Oh, yes. Yeah, I'd rather like that one with the silver plate. Mm-hmm, that's the one, all right. A 6782A with solid silver plate. Yes, sir. Well, that's all I wanted to know. Yes, sir. That's what I come up here for. Well, thank you kindly, Mr. Henley. I think you'll find it very satisfactory. Uh, sure I will. And thank you, sir. I'll be going now. Thank you ever so much. Sorry to interrupt you. Well, uh, uh goodbye. Goodbye, gentlemen. Thank you very much, Mr. Henley. Well, I wonder what goes with that guy. Whose idea was that? No. It's uh, it's all right, uh, Fritz. He's gone now. Uh, we don't need you, Horace. Huh? Where'd he go? Well, he just went out that door a minute ago. Didn't you see him? No. Uh, he must have went the other way. He went out that door right there. Oh, that's funny. Uh, we didn't see him. Listen, Horace, was that your idea? Mine? Gosh, no. Hey, I know. It was one of the announcers. Was cracking, guys. Uh, I don't think it was so funny myself. Not at this time of night with nobody else in the whole place. How'd you get rid of him, Ed? <laughs> oh, the old guy was showing his coffin after coffin, and I suggested to Ed that he buy number H, a 6783A. With solid silver plate. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, he said, okay, it's grand. Leave it to me to handle the screwy guys. I've had experience enough producing shows around here. Thank oh. you, dear. You birds want me anymore? Uh, no, no, Horace. Uh, thanks. Oh, uh, if you see old Joe Coffin Seller again, though, tell him we're not in the market. Now, come on, let's get to work. Yeah, it's about time. Where do we start? Uh, there on uh, page six, line five. The answer is the same and so on, you know. All right. The answer is the same as it has always been. You refuse, then, eh? I refuse, I'll yes. that the next time through. Very well, then. You force me to become a murderer. No, you force me to become a murderer. You force me to become a murderer. <sighs> Go on. I don't know. You know the penalty for murder in this country? <laughs> Put down that knife. You have had your last chance. <laughs> oh. No, don't kill me. I warned you. I warned no, you, but no. you would not listen oh, to me. Cut, 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 cut. Oh, what? Now, listen, uh, we got to plant that knife somehow. Oh, holy smokes, George, I can't say. I am now about to stab you with this here repulsive knife, can I? Ah, oh, well, that's the trouble with writers. No imagination. Let me see now. Well, I could say drop the knife again. No, no, let me think. Tick, 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 tick. Shut up. Sorry. Oh, I got it. Oh, look, why do sound effects guys have to go on vacations? Is there a knife out there someplace? I don't know. I'll look over here. Let's see. Yeah, here's one. Well, what kind is it? Pocket knife. 
I think I'll just drop it in my pocket, too. I've been wanting a knife like this. Well, let's see it. Uh, uh, I got ten dibs on it. Well, now, look. You hold it up close to the microphone and open it. Make it click. And I'll go to the control room and listen. Very well, Orson. It'll probably sound like a door opening. So what? It's more than the door opening gag we got, sounds like. All right. Uh, let's hear it now. Open it up. No, not so loud. Try it again. Okay. Now, uh, Fritz, uh, you put that effect in just as you start the struggle. Give me that. Uh, what? No, no. Help, help. That business? Yes, yes. No. 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 Hold. Hold. <laughs> you would not listen to me. No. Stab him. Stab him. Oh, oh, yeah. Okay. You uh, better fall down on the floor, Ed. It'll sound better. Why is it I always have to do the falls? Go on, go on. Ah, nuts. Okay. Okay. Now, uh, how are we going to ring that gong? Oh, I don't see why we can't get some help on this show. Why don't you get Horace? Well, that's an idea. I'll go get him. Oh, gosh, I'm tired. I was here at nine this morning for an audition, and I haven't even had time to get any dinner. Actors, the idle rich. Says you. Say, who do you suppose sent that dilly old bird up here? <laughs> I don't know. A lot of funny jokers around the shop. That was a good gag for this show, I guess. <laughs> Except I don't suppose it'll be so funny for the old gent when he finds out it was a gag. Yeah, I don't imagine it's a very good racket running around peddling coffins. I never even knew they peddled coffins that way. Neither did I. I was reading. The oh, genius. You'll have yeah. time to catch up on your reading after the show's over. I want you to sock that gong. All you got to do is take the little club and clout the gong when George points at you, Horace. If George points at you, Horace. Listen, who's producing this show? I sometimes wonder. Uh, where's the stick to hit it with? You are practically standing on it. Huh? Oh. All right, now. Now, look. I'll go in the control room, and you guys go on into the fight. Now, you watch me, Horace, and when I point, you sock that gong. Okay. Oh, George, listen. Do we have to go through the whole thing again, my throat? No, no, no. Just the struggle part. Now, wait till I get in. Hit it a good bat, Horace. Okay. Okay, struggle. Well, pay attention, dummy. Will you hit that gong? Oh, oh. Excuse me, I was watching Ed and Fritz. Well, look, you watch me from now on. I'll give you the cues, and you do them. You got it? Okay. Go ahead, struggle. George, the phone's ringing in the lobby. Well, hurry up. We're practically on the air. How are we doing? Oh, I wish I had a cigarette. No smoking in the studios. Speak when spoken to. I was talking to Fritz. Oh, well, there's still no smoking in the studios. Oh, brother. Want to go get something to eat after the show, Ed? Oh, not me. I'm going to be dead. I'm dragging, too. I'm going sailing with Jake tomorrow. Oh, are you? Yeah. Well, you can have it. Okay, George, I'm back. Well, look, uh, come on, will you? Come on. Hey, you know who that was? Sure, somebody wanting to know what time Fred Waring's on. No, no, it wasn't. Come on, will you can the guessing games? Let's go. It was the old coffin guy. He wanted to know if Mr. Henley wanted a silver or a bronze plate on his coffin. What'd you tell him? Silver, I said. Nothing cheap about Mr. Henley, I said. <laughs> Listen, you oughtn't to kid the old guy like that. He's just a poor, harmless old bird. 
Besides, the first thing you know, somebody will be knocking at my door, delivering a coffin, and collecting money for it. Trying to collect, you mean? Now, listen, you lugs. If you want to play comedy, you put the bite on Don McNeil, will you? You're wasting your time over on this side. Now, uh, let's go to work. Now, if that old guy calls up again, you tell him to go jump in the lake. Now, come on, look at page 10. We won't have time to take a dress. Top of the page. I want uh, running footsteps, all three of you, across the studio floor, up the stair steps. You stop and run back down. You got it? On my cue. Okay, hurry up now. Now, uh, take the knock on the door and the footsteps coming in. That's bottom of page 11. Uh, you do the knock, Ed. Horace, you open the door. And Fritz, you do the footsteps. You got it? On my cue. that gong. Right, George. On your toes now. At my cue, Fritz. Quiet, everyone. Five seconds. Lights out. Everybody. This is the witching hour. It is the hour when dogs howl and evil is let loose on a sleeping world. Good evening, my dear friend. Good evening, Doctor. Won't you come in? Thank you. Here, let me take your coat and hat. Oh, certainly. There you are, Doctor. Ah, won't you come in and sit down? Thank you. Well? It's all taken care of. Really? Quite. You have the proof? Well... Of course, you realize, my dear friend, I cannot be expected to carry out our little arrangement unless I have proof. Yes, I was reasonably sure of that. And so? There is a hat crumpled in the left-hand pocket of my overcoat. A hat? His hat. I think you'll find that it has a bullet hole through the crown and uh, there are several bloodstains. Oh, fine. Uh, you don't mind if I look for myself? Oh, of course not. That's why I brought it, you see. Yes, yes, yes. Ah, apparently a very neat job. I specialize in neat jobs, doctor. <laughs> Do you mind telling me how it was done? Not at all. I waited for him in the driveway of his house. Cold, too, tonight. Huh. He left his car at the gate and walked up to the house. Huh. Uh, we had planned on that, you remember? Yes, 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 yes. And when he came close enough, I... I shot him. Oh. So noisy. There was a silencer on the revolver. Ah, uh, thoughtful of you. I'm always thoughtful, Doctor. <laughs> Excellent. I even stepped close enough to him to ensure powder burn. Better and better. And the revolver is there without the silencer to... to make it look like suicide. So. I congratulate you, my dear friend. Thank you. I am... Conscientious? Are you conscientious enough to remember what I asked you to bring? Yes, quite. May I have it? 
I think not. What you say? I came here tonight merely to thank you, Doctor, for your cooperation. I find myself a richer man. I hope you are joking, my friend. Not at all. You don't want to give up the packet of jewels? I couldn't have put it more neatly myself, Doctor. Mm-hmm. I see. You have not forgotten that I paid you a sum of money to perform this service for me? Five hundred dollars. That is correct. That is why I came here. I'm afraid I don't understand. To return the five hundred dollars. You see, Doctor, I have decided to keep the jewels instead. I see. <laughs> Would you care for a drink? Uh, brandy, perhaps. If you like. Water? No, thank you, no. Hmm? Your health. If you don't mind, Doctor, let us exchange glasses. <laughs> You are a remarkably suspicious man. I have to be. If you please. Oh, quite. <laughs> I thought so, Doctor. Well, you're good health. And now I'll be going, if you don't mind. Oh, must you go, really? Yes. Uh, here are your $500. My offer is still good. Your offer? Five hundred dollars for eliminating this man and bringing me the jewels from his pocket. Oh. I'm sorry not to be able to accept your offer, Doctor. I've made other arrangements, you see. May I point out that you left your revolver at our friend's side? May I point out that it is extremely possible that I have another? Possible? Probable. Hmm. Shall we have another drink? May I pour? <laughs> if you like. Thank you. Now, now, shall we discuss this further? I'm afraid there is very little to discuss, Doctor. If you do not mind, no, I would... No, there is nothing to discuss. I'm grateful to you, my dear Doctor, for putting me in the way of earning the very comfortable sum that these jewels will bring. I'm equally grateful to you for your hospitality. But I really must go. Oh, I beg of you. Let me point out that a gentleman of your reputation might have some difficulty in disposing of the jewels. There are ways. Would it not be a great deal safer for you to take the $500 with no further risk than to keep the jewels and run the risk of hanging? I'll take the risk. Besides, if anything unpleasant does happen to me in the course of disposing of the jewels, I can always remind my captors of the part that you played in this little affair. You see? I'm afraid you would have a very difficult time proving that. Mm, perhaps. But I'll run the risk. Good night, Don't Doc. hurry, I beg of you. I should dislike to have any unpleasant happening. You forget that I have a revolver, Doctor. That is a lie. I wouldn't take a chance if I were you, Doctor. I'm not taking a chance. I know you have no revolver. Really? Really. Interesting. How? A very simple process of deduction. There is none in your overcoat, I could tell by the weight of it. Huh? But there is. Ah, thank you. I was rather certain that it was there. You... And so I took the liberty of locking your overcoat in the closet when I got up to inspect our friend's hats. 
checkmate, my dear friend? Stalemate, I think. I still have the jewels. And I warn you for the last time to give them to me. I'm sorry. It would be a great deal better for you if you would, you know. What will you do if I won't? Something very unpleasant, my dear friend. For example? It is quite possible I will kill you. You amaze me. I assure you I am quite serious. Impossible. It is not impossible at all. May I ask just how you propose to, well, end my life, shall I say? I shall cut your throats, neatly, and as the books have it, with dispatch. You've been reading books, then. Come, we are wasting time. What's the answer? The answer is the same as it has always been. You refuse, then? I refuse, yes. Very well. You force me to become a murderer. You know the penalty for murder in this country, Doctor. <laughs> Put down that knife. You have had your last chance. <laughs> no. No, don't kill me. I warned you. I warned you. No, no. You would not don't. Help me. Help. Ed. Ed. You. Ed. You stabbed me, Fritz. Oh, my God. Horace. Horace, look. The knife slipped. I didn't mean. I cut him. I didn't mean to cut him. I cut him. Blood. You've really killed him, Fritz. Oh, no. No, I... Well, I, I just got here in time, didn't I? Yes, sir. Model 86782 with silver plate for Mr. Henry. No! Yes, sir. Just bring it right in, boys. Mr. Henley's all ready for it. <laughs> You have just heard The Coffin in Studio B, the second in the summer revival series of Lights Out. In tonight's cast, you heard Bob Murphy as Ed, Sherman Marks as Fritz, Don Gallagher as George, Jack Bivens as Horace, and Charles Eggleston as the coffin salesman. All right. You can turn them on now. is NBC, the national broadcasting company. That will wrap up this episode of The Twilight Beacon, featuring two classic tales of metafiction from Lights Out, with scripts written by Arch Obler and Willis Cooper. You heard Murder in the Script Department from the May 11th, 1943 airing of Lights Out and The Coffin in Studio B, as broadcast on Lights Out July 13th, 1946. The Twilight Beacon will return this Friday, October 29th, with a new Sci-Friday episode featuring two science fiction stories of man's exploration of space. Also, we're drawing close to the end of this October run of The Twilight Beacon, and you'll not want to miss our special Halloween episode this coming Sunday, featuring some of the most legendary authors and voices in the history of horror. Until then, this is Jedediah D. Blackwell, saying good night, everyone, and good luck getting to sleep.
Thank you for listening to this episode of the Twilight Beacon podcast. New episodes are released on thetwilightbeacon.com Mondays, Wednesdays, and Fridays during the month of October and can be found on your favorite podcast apps and streaming services. The Twilight Beacon podcast is produced and edited by Jason and Jacob Burgess. Music by Alexander Nakarada. Special thanks to the Old Time Radio Researchers Group and OTRR.com. Visit thetwilightbeacon.com for archived episodes and a schedule of upcoming shows. You can follow The Twilight Beacon on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter for the latest program updates.